Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Unfortunately, it's another day of some lower numbers if you're on the grain side of the picture. A lot of negativity, a big drop seen in the soybeans and that drop continuing in the wheat. But if you flip the page to the livestock side, they are seeing some positive numbers. A lot of chatter, and we'll talk a little bit about this, is livestock taking advantage of the drop we've seen in the grain complex. So we're going to look kind of in-depth as to what's going on in this grain market today with P.J. Conrad. P.J., of course, with Trados. And let's start out this way. Not a good way to have a Tuesday with a drop like we saw really across the entire grain complex. Yes, yeah, Susan, I think this is one of those days uh, I like to call clients and tell them let's just not look at the markets for a while and uh, focus on other things going on because, you know, most of the morning or kind of mid-morning, you had corn treading water pretty good. I mean, it was down three to five and uh, not really faltering like, say, soybeans were at the time. And then come about, what, 12.30, 12 o'clock, uh, so the, the armor really uh, showed its cracks, I guess, and corn down 13 here in the May at 6.30, and, and new crop down another, what, 7 at 5.69. So just a bloodbath all the way around with beans down 25 and 33. And you know, I guess to me the, the question is where do we find the floor? And that's, you know, I would think that happens this week. You, know, you had the March-May roll. That probably played some of the factor. You had the Egg Outlook conference last week. I mean, maybe just confirming things uh, that we already knew, right? I mean, some and, and you have some lofty numbers in there of, you know, what, 181 and a half, I want to say, for yield and, and 91 million acres of corn. And, it, yes, it could happen, but you were throwing a lot of what-ifs at the market, uh, the other thing, we're, we're searching for demand here, too, and, and where is that demand going to come from? Uh, you know, ethanol's back, uh, looks pretty in the green, and some stability there, so maybe they come in and buy some more, become buyers. Funds have been selling into this uh, for the last few trading sessions, and they probably want to get a little bit squared up just as we go into the U.S. growing season, but there's enough what-ifs. Um, like I told clients, too, if it was May 28th, uh, the, the tone of my voice would be a little bit different. Um, we'd probably be a little bit more, we'd be trying to sell something if we needed to here or put more protection on. But with it being February 28th and uh, having some sold, you know, varying percentages, but not being completely naked, so to speak, uh, I think you can be patient here, but you got to be proactive if you're going to be patient uh, when we do get these rallies, whether they're back to, say, 580 to 90 on D's corn, I don't think you want to hold on. Could we see the 6 to 630 range? We could, but that's going to take some adverse weather, and, and good luck trying to predict that at this point in the uh, in the year anyways. So let's talk about the fact that you know, corn market was able to hold on a little bit. I, I saw a little bit of chatter earlier today. They felt like the wheat market was the one pulling this corn market down. Yeah, and you know, it has been, right? Like, if you look at wheat, in the last five, six trading sessions, we've went from 880 to 807 on uh, July Kansas City wheat. And that's quite the pullback versus, say, what corn's done in that time. Now, if they're fighting for, say, some demand pull there, I know there's talks that our wheat's getting more competitive now worldwide or is some of the cheapest wheat available. So does that kind of uh, make the equal equilibrium turn a little bit and you get some exports out in the wheat market, maybe corn becomes more attractive. 
think you look at it from a bigger picture too and say our exports on corn have been poor all year and, and they don't seem to be picking up. I mean, there was some decent steam in January of being ahead, but the last couple of weeks have been poor. And so I, I really think it boils down to we were, we've done demand destruction with our price structure and now it's, well, what kind of demand can we pull out if we sell off? Uh, because we're, we're going to have the uncertainties of the growing season coming up, but where's that rally start from? Does that start from five and a quarter or five fifty? And I think I've been uh, the last couple of days been texting out some support levels, and I might have to stop that, Susan, because every time I text one out, it gets broken again. So <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just best if I don't relay what the support is, and and we'll actually find some. But you know, I, I, there's a lot of analysts kind of around the thought process that whether it's today, tomorrow, or Thursday, we're going to find that bottom and start chopping sideways for a little while. And that's really when you're going to see, say, the basis shake out. You know, can basis get a little bit better, especially with ethanol showing some probability, or some profitability, excuse me. Um, yeah, I think so. Can you, you know, do we start seeing a little bit of a rebound in the markets? Yeah. I mean, if you look back, the last few times we've made these sell-offs, We've rebounded back in, uh, you know, following trading sessions, um, but we are approaching lower lows. I mean, you look at these or December 6th, uh, what, excuse me, May corn was trading at 640 and today we're at 630. So you're breaking kind of the, the lows. We're back to prices we haven't been since, say, August timeframe. And that's when we had the big supply glut of harvest coming on too. Well, you know, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, as you talk about all this, that this is coming together. And I know that there's been talk of of moisture as well moving in, affecting the way we see this supply and and stuff moving out of South America. There's just a lot of factors that seem to be kind of working their way into. And there's no real avenue here. We start into March of this is the direction we're going to go. No, I think, and I thought, uh, you know, Egg Resource had some good comments here at midday. Just there's a lot to un- unfold here still with the what's going to happen in the Black Sea region, too. Um, is that going to be extended? Is it not? What's that do to the markets from there? And I think every analyst come across the board has said, you know, our growing season is still very important. I mean, you can't have a 181 yield without very, very good growing conditions. And you could say maybe the Delta and Ohio Valley are, are wet now and, and slotted to get more rain anyways throughout the next 30 days. Is that a problem as we move into March, early April? We do have more coming up, so stick around, folks. More is around the corner. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we're here to help you stay one step ahead during the coming growing season. Fontenelle offers personal service and expert advice that comes from knowing local conditions. Agronomic support. We give you the agronomic tools to help you make informed decisions every step of the way. And if you're still making seed decisions, your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer has a good supply of locally proven varieties. Fontenelle, solutions you need, relationships you trust. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. KRVN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continue our conversation this afternoon with PJ Conrad with Trade Us. So we were kind of talking um, at the end of the break when I had to cut you off was that we've got so many different things that are working into this facets of what we see into the trade. And then I read this morning that they're already starting to talk about the corn versus bean acres. And we're not even to the first of March yet. 
But we know that discussion is kind of just hanging out because of how the crops have been going in South America. Oh, most definitely. I think that's honestly been on my, or I guess, radar for a while here. Just what you had a two, three, six to one ratio right now, which doesn't argue you uh, change any beans over, especially with the drop of fertilizer prices, if you were trying to make any uh, late decisions here. You know, my opinion would be, um, and I think just briefly talking to our guy in Alabama, too, it sounds like the same thing's going to happen on cotton is just if the price doesn't rebound here in short order, you know, get that ratio to say on corn and beans, two and a half, two, six to one. And even at that, I mean, how many decisions are already made, right? It's not like there's a ton of acres in question at this point. Um, but regardless, you got to see that big price change. And same thing with cotton. And what can happen is retroactively looking, we're not going to have enough acres planted of beans or, say, cotton. And corn's going to take up those acres. So it does become a burdensome conversation around corn of just it is the most profitable thing on the board right now, even at 570 to go plant. And so is 91 million acres, is that really that high? I don't really think, I guess, in my opinion, that number is not out of line high. Um, could it get even higher? I mean, I, yeah, definitely could. I think the interesting thing to me is you got some of these new bean plants trying to pop up or will be popping up and coming online and our bean growth is going to have to be there or we're going to have to be bigger ex- or importers of beans at that point too. Um, it makes the pendulum swing a little bit as far as what price action is going to do. And I've been more, I guess, content on the soybean side of things to see see the rebound happen. You know, the, the fall is going to be harder because just sheer percentage base, your, your cents are going to be greater and it's going to be a more harsh downfall. And we saw that today. But your ability to rally back to and get back towards 14 on new crop beans, I think, is a lot greater in the soybean complex where corn is saying we establish a new crop number of, say, I don't know, just 560 or 550, uh, kind of the short-term low here. Um, we're going to grind, or it would seem today we're going to grind our way back to a 590-type thing and not the hard, fast, rip higher unless we get that June hot, dry spell that everyone freaks out about. But... Um, it's definitely an issue, the, the acre swing, because our balance sheet's a lot tighter on beans, and you're not seeing the price action to tell you to go plant beans. Uh, and, and, and as you know, Susan, not a lot of farmers love planting a lot of beans either. So it's kind of that double-edged sword. Uh, price is going to have to do it, and probably here pretty quick if we're going to shift any acres. So this last uh, week, I was out at uh, NCC, the Classic in Kearney, and I had a farmer come up to me and say, hey, are they not striking this year in Brazil? Because he says, I haven't heard a lot of port issues. And I told him, I said, to this point, I haven't either. Have you? I, no, I haven't heard anything. Uh, this doesn't have anything to do with strikes, but I do think it's interesting you know, that the uh, USDA or uh, South American USDA uh, with the CONAB, um, what they're calling the Argentine crop, what, 30 million metric tons, I want to say. And USDA stores at penciled, I think, at 34. Um, and they, you know, everyone says trade's trade and what's, what's coming out of South America. But if the USDA can actually print that number, I think that becomes a, a driving factor in soybeans as well of a, a catalyst to rally and corn to follow somewhat. But as far as the strikes go, I haven't heard anything. I think it's been relatively smooth to the news we've heard today, I will say, because I, 
sometimes that news gets uh, kind of muddied up and then all of a sudden it comes out this has been going on for two weeks and no one uh, decided to report it or didn't hit the mainline news streams for buying to happen in the across the commodity markets but you look at I don't know what you could throw at the prices today uh, that would cause buying you know, outside of a war. Um, I just think the chart action is so sloppy right now and the funds are wanting to get out that you're going to see this you know, probably continuing tomorrow uh, before maybe Thursday before we really see things level out and uh, hopefully, God willing, see some sort of positive market uh, to end the week. It would be nice to see a day of green before we uh, – go into the weekend as well very much so real quick before we uh, wrap this up are cattle going to be able to still take advantage of lower grain prices yes i mean i think you look at the cattle market and just the way it's structured we've had a lot of positive news and i still think you can see higher prices um i go back and the same thing corn and soybeans i think this is just a broader risk management conversation of what is profitable to you and even at say corn prices where they're at cattle are profitable where they're at the market's going to do what it's going to do. But what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Um, you can call our calls. You can call us at uh, 402-858-7529 or find us on any social media platform at Trados LLC. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all the local dealers at the World Radio Network.